0: Bonjour. welcome to this episode of The Language Question, Keshna Tangan, a conversation about the Irish language and its history for anyone curious about their relationship with it and its role in our identity. First off in this episode, I just want to say thanks once again to everybody who entered our great draw for the Thesaurus Gael Gaberla by Gary Bannister and New Island Books. And I want to thank Gary and New Island Books for providing us with a very generous copy of the Thesaurus for our draw. The lucky winner of our draw from last episode, you will recall, was Siobhan Nigoul. And I'm delighted to say that we've been in touch with Siobhan and the her copy of the Thesaurus is winging its way to her. Now, if you entered in the draw and you didn't win a copy of the Thesaurus, don't... Worry, we have another wonderful opportunity for you to get a heavily discounted copy of the thesaurus if it is something that you're interested in, and it's a, it's a book that I highly recommend. It's one that I purchased for full price uh, in my local bookshop long before the interview with Gary was arranged. But it's an excellent uh, publication and the ideal Christmas present for any Gwaelgore in your life, apart from yourself, and even buy it as a present to yourself. Well, we have what we have for you is a thirty percent discount. Uh, New Island Books have very generously agreed to provide us with with, with a thirty percent discount for listeners of the podcast and that discount will last from today until the until our next episode uh, releases which will be on the 12th of December so you'll have an opportunity now over the next couple of weeks to get a copy of the uh, Thesaurus Guelgabera at a 30% discount on the list price Uh, the code uh, to obtain your discount is the language question all capital letters the language question 30 That's three zero. So the number is three zero after the language question, all in capital letters, is the code. To get access to your discount on the book, you would need to go to the New Island website, newisland.ie. And if you click on the link to books there on the, the menu bar at the top of the page, and it will take you to the books page down at the bottom there, there's a link to Lauer Asguelga uh click in there and you will see the thesaurus there click on it and is the um button to select put that into your shopping basket and um, then once you've done that if you go to your the uh, heart you will go to your shopping basket and go to checkout and you will then see in the checkout page you will see a box there to Uh, add a a gift or discount code, pop in there, the language question 30. Uh, So it's letters, the language question 30, numerals 30 and uh, all capital letters, and then hit apply and that should apply your discount code. It will be available from uh, today, 28th of November up until the 12th of December. So please uh, do uh, make use of that and get access to that excellent publication at a serious discount for the benefit of our listeners here on the show. One of the many benefits that you get for listening to the language question. Okay, our guest in this episode is Cueva Uh Quiva is originally from Kildare and now lives in New York via Galway. She is on the Faculty of Irish Language and Literature at Lehman College in New York, having previously taught at Fordham University. And she is also an Irish teacher at the Irish Arts Centre in New York and in the New York Irish Centre. As always, I hope that you enjoy listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. I'd also really appreciate your feedback on the show. I would really appreciate it if you would follow, rate and review the show on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And please also be sure to sign up at thelanguagequestion.com forward slash resources to get your complimentary valuable learning resources and to ensure that you stay up to date with upcoming episodes, guests and to receive exclusive content. Anyhow, here goes with this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Come win it to Sultas. Quiva Nik is originally from Kildare and now lives in New York City via Galway. She is on the Faculty of Irish Language and Literature at Lehman College, having previously taught at Fordham University in New York. She is also an Irish teacher at the Irish Arts Centre in New York and the New York Irish Centre. Equiva a corata falteis in show Augustam Harevebwek deet osavelin. Well, Quiva, genuinely, it is a huge pleasure to have you here on the show with us, and we're really looking forward to to to, to our conversation here today. And what I'd love to do, could we just to get us started, uh, as I do with all of our guests here on the show, is to just go back to the beginning and to your background uh, in, in in the language, what that looked like when you were growing up, where you came from, let's say, in relation to it in, in, in your childhood and family background, and, 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 and how your relationship with language uh, progressed from there. So
1: I grew up in Weekslip, County Kildare, 20 minutes from Dublin, and um, my father and a couple of his friends founded the local Irish language primary school. Um, so my siblings were the first to go there, Scully Golly, uh, named after uh, Caroley Gollig, one of our former presidents. Um, so, yeah, I, I was sent to school there when I was four. Um and I don't really remember speaking Irish outside of school, except with um, my father and my siblings. Um, I learned, like, my prayers and things like that through Irish. Even though my mother isn't fluent, she made um, a big effort um, to teach me all of that through Irish, and she still would tell me not to forget my Gansey when I'm going out the door. Um so yes, there was Irish at home, but I didn't feel proud to speak it outside of school. And I don't think any of my friends did. Um so that was interesting. And then when I went to secondary school, it was the and same And just just
0: thing. to clarify there, Quiva, on that in terms of just saying you didn't feel proud to speak it outside of school, did would that include speaking it at home? Or just you mean outside of no, It didn't of the... bother
1: me to speak it at home. Okay. No. Just outside um, like we would, I remember, I think I encountered more of my fellow classmates in secondary school who would have come from families that only spoke Irish. And it felt a bit extreme to me at the time. Um, now obviously I view that differently. Um, but it was interesting, I guess though, it was unique in so far as like I grew up around some of kind of well-known Irish language activists, their kids, um, like Ciarán O'Fané and that. So um, who at one point he did a demonstration at RTE um, before ETG CAR to try and get um, Irish language programming more of an Irish language television station. So I was kind of exposed to that a bit, which I didn't see in primary school at all, which was interesting. And I remember, my first time hearing um, a native speaker speak it casually in an informal setting when I was at the Oireachtas, which I'd say a lot of your listeners would know, but um, that's like the Irish language speaking festival, kind of like the fly I guess. Um, and for me, it was so nice to see someone my own age speak on the phone to her mother in Irish. It just so naturally. And for some reason, that was different than me hearing the Grailgory in Dublin, because it wasn't forced and it wasn't making any kind of statement. It just was. Um, so, yeah, that was definitely something I will never forget. Um, and, yeah, I think a lot of, I don't know about the shame, I guess, because we, we would sound different. Like, you know, no one else is speaking Irish except the Grailgory. Um, but I think part of it was the whole getting in trouble in school for not speaking. I don't know if I agree with that anymore. Um, Because we used to be terrified, um, even though we'd do it anyway. (laughs) Uh, Which is funny. And I remember that even continued in college. Um, Some of our lecturers commenting when we'd be speaking in English. Um, And fully enough, it'd be with people from the Gwaltug. So I don't know. Anyway. A lot going on there,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah um but I'm very fortunate that I had um all of my education through Irish and I do wonder what I I think I still would have become fluent but I don't know how difficult that would have been for me
0: but talk to me just just, 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 because there's 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 an awful lot in there before we move on from that at all but just just talk to me in terms of the background there it it was the first skull uh, one of the one of the early whale Skulls established there in uh, mm. what and, and how long was it established by the time you started going there do you do you, do you remember it
1: would have been uh, 12 years
0: okay so so that was quite a you know that, that that was that was that that must have been quite something in terms of you know this is I know there's been an explosion in the whole whale skull movement um, in recent years but I mean that must have been quite quite a pioneering um, um, um place at that
1: stage I guess it was to me it was just school yeah Um, but when I look back like my sister sent me a clip yesterday on um that was an RTE the archives filmed at the school and it was interesting to see how things have changed you know showing the prefabs and that and teachers complaining about the facilities whereas by the time I got to school there things had changed a lot and it had grown so much Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but yeah I guess at the time it was yeah for my Mm. older siblings it would have been
0: Mm. and 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 you said that that was something i mean you were obviously conscious of of, of not using the language outside of school i mean how did that then progress and, and and your relationship with language as you went on through so what i'm first of all in relation to secondary secondary education did you did you go to gail colostia or how did that work
1: i did yeah yeah okay. uh
0: and and how did your relationship with language was that something that you, did you feel a, 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 a how did you feel a? about the language as you were growing up? Was it something you were conscious of? Or because or, or something you've, you've continued in. So I'm just curious and yeah. how that unfolded for you.
1: I think my Crawford came about in the Leaving Cert. Um, I don't know why. I guess I, I had a, a really good teacher um, when I was in fourth year or fifth year. And I think she just, yeah, I realized that it came naturally to me. I didn't have to study as hard as the other subjects. And I enjoyed that. Um, and it was only actually once I got my insert results that for a second I was like thinking it was one of my best results. And I thought, you know, maybe there's something here. Maybe I should be an Irish teacher. But I kind of left it at that then. <laughs> but I guess everything happens for a reason. You know, it came full circle in the end. Um, but it it is interesting because, you know, there was 30 in my class and I was the only one who got an A1 in Irish. So I think it there's a lot to be said about the syllabus then, if that's the case, you know. Mm. Mm,
0: mm. And so how did that, how did that, how did that continue? So how did you feel about when you, okay, so, so you were, you were motivated and inspired by, let's say, if you like, realizing your own ability and interest in the language, you know, studying it at that point, and that was not very gratifying to experience that. So mm. so where where did you go from the did you did you want to study Irish at third level then
1: Yeah it was kind of a happy coincidence you know the objective was to become an educational psychologist Irish was never supposed to be part of the picture I was yeah. always between teaching and I was thinking primary school um or secondary school home economics hadn't thought about the second subject and mm. then psychology so I went to um University of Galway uh, which was NUIG at the time um, and I did an arts degree with the objective of getting into um, psychology. So um, first year I did German-Irish psychology and sociology and politics and then second and third year I did um, psychological studies in Irish. So it was always just my second subject but I excelled in it. And was encouraged um, by Garo Denver to pursue it, um, and I think that's when I started to think seriously about it. Because before that, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I knew I enjoyed psychology, but I didn't want to work in the field. Um, so it always comes down to a good teacher, I think.
0: Mm, mm, mm. That's that that that's a huge uh, theme coming across uh, in many different conversations, and 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 and. So, 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 how did that progress for you in terms of your 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 progress in the language? Then,
1: um, I really applied myself towards the end of the final year, um, and yeah, there were my best results. I got a one one. So, at that point, you know, I was made aware of Fulbright and opportunities teaching Irish abroad, and I think that's what really ignited my passion and desire in it. I don't know; had I stayed in Ireland, would I have stayed working? directly with the language because I was always kind of put off by being a secondary school teacher teaching it because of the attitudes that were there on mm-hmm. both sides. I felt if I went to Wales school, from my own personal experience, people weren't that bothered about it because I felt they were fluent even though they're lacking the Severus Tonga usually. Um, and then the other side of it, I felt it would be challenging to motivate people to speak it. So I always knew I wanted to travel. Um, and I knew that I was going to get a green card for America because my parents had lived there. So it was just seemed like a natural progression to come to New York and teach here.
0: Mm-hmm. And so how did that happen?
1: Um, so I got my green card in 2011 and um, came over and I just started looking into what universities were in part of Fulbright. And I saw that Fordham University wasn't. And
0: so Would you Ful- mind explaining the Fulbright thing? Because I, 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 the Fulbright scholarship has kind of cropped up uh, time to time. And I see a lot of, you know, it's it's a, a lot of people who kind of come through, say, Nguelga, have been through Fulbright at some stage. Would you mind just explaining for listeners what is that? And, 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 and...
1: So it's an academic scholarship. Um, so it's a partnership between the US and the Irish government and language exchange program where a foreign language teaching assistant will come over from Ireland um, for two semesters to teach Irish the language and culture and then they'll return to Ireland um with their newfound skills um and hopefully be able to to bring something back to Ireland with that
0: and did you go over as a Fulbright scholar or, or? I didn't
1: so yeah. I was disappointed that I wouldn't be eligible for that because I already had a visa to come to America Um oh, I luckily see. I found a way around that okay um yeah, which I'm I'm grateful for. So in that sense, I was really, really thrown into it because as the name suggests, like foreign language teaching assistant, you're an assistant. So kind of more like a tutor, even though a lot of the times you will be lecturing on your own, you have kind of someone to guide you. I was just thrown in the deep end. Um, I was filled in for maternity leave positions. So it was interesting in that sense, trying to navigate it all on my own. <laughs> Um, but I loved it. And I was very fortunate um, to have that experience. And, you know, I was teaching people maybe two, three years younger than me, but they were all so enthusiastic. Um, and, yeah, we
0: had so much fun. And so, so what did that look like? So wh- who, what was the, the learners? Who were they? What they? Where were they coming from? What was their background? Or, or was there any kind of common threads there?
1: So Fordham is a Jesuit um, university. And it was the first Irish studies program in America, so all of my students would have some, had some kind of Irish background. A lot of them, you know, several generations back. But one, I remember one student telling me their grandmother used to say like the Thanksgiving grace in Irish, and he would ask me to translate some things that he found at home, letters and that. Um. So it was it was interesting.
0: One thing that I'm just curious about, I'm not sure if 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 you if you have experience of this, but one thing that I'm very curious about is the nature of Irish language learners coming from Ireland and who come through the Irish education system and are now coming back maybe uh, at a third level or later and trying to learn the language. And people coming from, Outside of Ireland, who haven't been exposed to the Irish education system and don't have all of that baggage um, um, uh, to carry around, uh, do, do, do you have any thoughts on on, on on what it's like to to to, to teach um, uh, learners of the language outside of Ireland versus here?
1: So for me, I it was just easy. It was just so easy because everyone is so eager and keen to learn, and they're excited. Um, so I loved that. And I still love that. It's such a, a novelty. Um, and it's great. Like, you know, I will say I teach adult learners as well. The older ones, maybe in their 70s, will say that their parents didn't speak it and had a bad attitude towards it. Not They wouldn't say bad attitude. They would say their parents said it didn't exist. It was a dead language. You know, when they learn then, when they go to NYU or somewhere like that, that in fact, it is a living breathing language and a lot of people still speak it so they would then get really into it um but having these students there blissfully unaware of the intergenerational trauma and emotional baggage we carry at home um was nice they're very kind of naive about it um but it's great because i think when they don't have that baggage they progress so much quicker because they're not really scared of anything you know of making mistakes or anything like that yes they're scared to speak it absolutely because you know they're not fluent or whatever but they but it's a different type of fear you know
0: Mm -hmm. oh yeah because i i think the 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 irish person who's come through the education system and you know there, there's just so many hang-ups about the language. And we're so hard on ourselves in relation to the language mm. I think sometimes you know it's 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 um it's 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 ridiculous but i, I i'm just very curious to 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 see how the um how, how the, the 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 learner coming from outside um um the contrast there but tell me then what 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 does their kind of progression look like i mean what's your experience i mean where do people just do a couple of modules as part of a a a degree or do you see people what level of of kind of uh, progression do you see people taking? i
1: had a few graduates over the years now that have had a minor in our studies you know so they really enjoyed the language and they continued them with other modules to get you know uh, the minor in it so it's great um you know, the majority, unfortunately, won't have the opportunity to continue with it. But a few will go to the Gwaeltacht, which is great. We have a, a scholarship um, in partnership with the Octave and Carrow. And we send um, a student there every year, um, which is great. And they almost have a great time. and They come back with a lot of Irish, mm-hmm. um, which is fantastic to see. Um, but, I mean... A lot of them by the end of it will have conversational Irish. they'll be able to you know tell you where they're from how they're feeling ask how you are, that kind of thing which is good for 12 weeks you know um and a lot of them will be able to master the gloss which is nice to see with adults it's different you know with adult learners it can take a while if they're not strong at languages but once they kind of or have maybe have done two or three courses and they're going to the pop-up Guayaltes and they're immersing themselves in the language, they can quickly um progress, especially if they're listening to Rajan Gweltuk watching TV and that I find that makes a huge difference. Mm. Um and it's just so different when you get rid of the exams, you know, because I have so many um Irish students come to my classes from Ireland. And they, one of them always says, it reminds you of home because we're just having the crack in class and talking about that and culture. Like it's not just about the language. I never want it to be about that. I want to to understand what it is to be a modern Irish citizen and a Gaelgore.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Um. Yeah. That 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 is well. That is that is really really interesting. I think you've put your finger on something um, absolutely vital there. Um, and I'd like to to dive into that in 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 a lot more detail if that's okay. But before I do that, if it's okay, I'd like to just kind of we we kind of have jumped around a little bit. So just in terms of your progression, in terms of you know career. So what, what we talked so far about what Irish looks like, what look, Irish looks like. You growing up, and then in education, and then now in in, in uh, it, you're working in the education system, teaching Irish, um in 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 Fordham in in, in New York. So what does Irish look like for you outside of the education system? Or are there, you know, in in, in the US, are there opportunities to use the language? Do you find it? Do you use it in your life outside of education?
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, I came straight from college here. So initially it was tough for me because I was so immersed in it in college. I -hmm. really started to feel comfortable with it because I went to Galway where you'll hear it spoken on the streets in town and stuff, which is nice. So it was really part of my life and I was speaking every day to other Grail and native speakers. When I came to New York then, like I say a lot of Grail have this experience after college. It's like, okay, now what do I do? Like I miss, where am I going to get these opportunities? Um, so I did start to meet other Grail which was great, just from Papa up and stuff like that. So I have that opportunity. By chance, I st- started living a few years ago. One of my housemates was from Connemara, which was great so we still have that connection where I'll talk to him on the phone he's back in Ireland now um but there there're definitely a lot of opportunities if you look for them there's like a pop up whale took every week here um some organization or another is doing it so there's several different ones uh i was at kneecap 2 weeks ago that was sold out um which was incredible uh i was talking to one american who would come all the way from florida to see them um so I think there's a lot to be said in that and there was a big gathering beforehand for Pablo Wales I um,
0: was actually going to ask you about that because I was just looking at a kneecapper in Rolling Stone just last yeah, week. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and there was <laughs> a big piece on them and about talking about how they were there, you know, people were 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 um um were singing along as well and it was it was it was uh, it, it seemed to be an extraordinary experience.
1: Yeah. It was fantastic. And what was surprising to me is how many Irish people I met there who don't speak Irish. Mm. And they're usually from the north and they just want to support local um, talent or else they're just Irish and they're into kind of niche music. Um, Mm. So, yeah, it was really encouraging to see because I like that they're bringing people that wouldn't necessarily be thinking about speaking Irish into that kind of circle and community.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd speak to them about it because the, just in terms of what does the the um the Irish Arts Center and, and the New York Irish Center how do those kinds of organizations look like in terms of the, the, the way in which uh, people engage with the language there or use that or what what is there is there a, a regular kind of context in which people can use the language
1: um well we have the classes in both centers um Three or four terms a year, and there's always such interest in it. Once one course finishes, in one place they want to do another. So um, it's nice to see that um, enthusiasm. Um, the New York Irish Centre will have pop up where I'll talk to that kind of thing. The Irish Heritage Centre have an, an annual Irish Language Day, Fail uh, and where they will have guests from home um, come over, um, like we had um, on School to last year. Which was great, um, and Moncon Magan the year before, um, and those days are really popular because it's for all levels, you know. So we'll have a lot of people come with no Irish, and then they'll get into the classes and that, um, which is great to see.
0: Yeah, and and, and what. Does the, the people who show up at these events, what does that look like? Is it, is it, is it Irish expats who are looking to um, reconnect, um, you know, with Irishness and, 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 and the language abroad? Or is it, you know, is it Americans with Irish-American heritage maybe coming there? Or what is there? Are there kind of groups, let's say, that you could categorize people in?
1: Yeah, um, I would say more Irish-Americans than Irish, but there'll always be a few. Mm-hmm. I was surprised, like at the kneecap gig, how many Irish i would met there that I wouldn't have met in my workspace. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're not necessarily going to classes, but they're going to Papa the talks and Irish language events. So yeah, there'd be you know the Irish Americans that are coming, and usually they're a couple of generations back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, then the Irish expats as well. Um, but it's not you know. I teach one person on a private basis and she's a rabbi. Mm-hmm. And she got into it through um, Irish dance, you know, she was interested in Irish dance, loved it, and then realized there was a language and that's how that all started. So there's different types. And where I teach now at Lehman College, um, it's a general education subject. So a lot of people have to, to complete that requirement. It's like a literature course. So the majority of my students won't have that background they will be Latin American, Muslim, every kind of nationality, and a lot wouldn't have grown up in America, and their parents didn't go to college. Um, so it's it's interesting to see the
0: mix. Mm, mm. And talk to me then, just to come back to that point that you 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 made there about the the let's say broader Irish culture and just the nature of. You know what it's like to be Irish in 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 the twenty first century, and that's something that you focus on because sometimes you get the impression that, and this is a very you know hackneyed kind of you know caricature in in ways you know of the the, the you know the, the Irish American who's coming back to reconnect with Irish is in it's in a in, it's in quite a um, maybe there's a, a slightly twee you know image of what. The kind of Irish heritage is whether that's still kind of you know maybe preserved in amber to a certain extent or or maybe the language is similarly kind of you know of a certain time and associated with a certain kind of um uh, historical past I mean how does that kind of kind of come up to date and, and how do you do you um connect uh, the, the 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 student looking for a certain version of Irishness with the the, the modern version that you're kind of uh, retailing
1: Um, I use film a lot Mm -hmm. to show Mm -hmm. the changes that have occurred. Um, So short films usually, you know, and when I show them you, Ming, they always feel that negativity. I'm like, well, we have to remember that it's like over 20 years old now and things are very Mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. Some that have already been following Irish language influencers or um, on Duolingo are aware how the attitudes have changed. And how things are a lot different in Ireland now, and it's a contemporary country, and it's not just um, people living in the countryside that speak it. So there's two kind of, I find it's always one extreme or the other, where they're very aware of it or they're not. And um, so I'll I'll show them different, you know, like Ruby is a great one. I'll show them that, um, Yuming, like I said,
0: um. Was and there. and and just again for for listeners who might be familiar with it, uh, Yuming is Adam Dumb is that YouTube yeah. um, um 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 a great show one one of my favourite um comedic lines of all time I think is is in Yuming is Adam Dumb, um, but um the um the other one you mentioned there Ruby what, what was Ruby that?
1: so I first saw Ruby at Tribeca Film Festival in New York in twenty fourteen okay. and it was fantastic to see an Irish language film. At that, and it was a huge, it was sold out. Um I, at that point I didn't know as many Gelgary as much as community, so I am curious how many people in that audience actually spoke Irish. Were a lot of them just film enthusiasts. Um so it's about um a girl in the Gael Gweltuct um who lost her father and just making her communion. So her relationship with um religion and that um but it's, it's just a really beautiful film, regardless of language, which is nice. Um, and I'll show them things like the Heineken, or not Heineken, sorry, Carlsberg ad, um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, like Hewness, Colleen, Bower, Banya, where your average Irish person will have all these random vocab um, from secondary school or primary school, and that kind of stops there. Um, so we explore that. But I think by the end of it, when I have them watching TG Carr and that, they they realise that it it really isn't like just in the Gwaeltacht. It's everywhere now, more so even because as you're aware, I mean, it's it's under threat in the Gwaeltacht, but it's flourishing in the urban setting.
0: Yeah, I mean, and this this is a this is a thing we've 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 come up against again and again, and something that I'd like maybe to 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 explore with you a little bit later on is um, um, that whole question because it's 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 absolutely huge, and I and I particularly like to get your take on that now from the other side of the pond and 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 what living in the US now for a prolonged period of time, um, uh, what your perspective on that might be. But maybe just before getting to that, could I just maybe continue on the theme? And I think we'll try and I'm going to try and dig out links to the various different uh, references that you you make here. And we'll have those in the show notes um, um, after we when, when we go live and um, but uh, you mentioned those two. Because uh, Ruby, I'm not familiar with. of uh, um, uh, Sanabdum is, is is a classic. But tell me just in terms of film then, because of course we've had this kind of resurgence of of, of Irish film. I mean, because you mentioned you mean that's 20 years ago. Mm. Um, we've had, uh, but in the last um, three, four years, there's been an extraordinary um, um, just renaissance, if there ever was a, a naissance to begin with, of, of Irish language film, it's, 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 it's been accepted. How has that, um, um, what's that been like to be part of, uh, of uh, over there?
1: I think it's helped tremendously and it's, it's been really exciting. I, um, moderated a Q and A with the cast of Unculling Kuhn in February and to see that sell out in advance was fantastic. And knowing that there were so many Americans in that audience I mean, it was showing there several um, times a day. yet three and sold out. So to me, that said a lot about where we are now with the language and how it's on the world stage. Um, it's, and then seeing, you know, the, the cast speaking Irish on the red carpet definitely helped with perception. But, I, you know, it wasn't just on Colleen Cue it was Aroth before that. Um, and Donal Haley actually taught with us the Irish Arts Centre for a stint um, before that came out. So you know, I do ask that my students watch that as well, and kind of as a dialect test to see if they can identify which dialects being spoken by the cast and that. And I have found it helpful um, as a as a medium um, for just looking at what happened in the famine um, and how that translates to modern day and and where we're at now. Um, So it's interesting. I just got an email today asking me to do another um, Q&A where an Irish goodbye is going to be shown um, and to talk about the Irish language in New York at the Irish Rep. So, you know, it just goes to show there's always something happening here, which Mm -hmm. is really exciting.
0: Um, And just to be clear, what language is the Q&A happening in?
1: Um a good question, I don't know. I'd say it'll be bilingual, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, but let's say in the Colin q instance now were you were you talking with the cast of or how, how i did was
1: you work that? Oh, i did it bilingually, but we just end up switching to english um yeah. yeah
0: yeah 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 just to 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 get the whole audience uh engaged exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and um and and so what what um how do you see that um how, like what's the, the what, what is that level of engagement like you that you see from abroad Cuiva? Uh, i mean is there do, do you see um you know c- c- do you see irish language just usage um growing and and, and increasing or is it a kind of an appreciation or maybe just a, a greater appreciation of irish culture or, or you know or and maybe a little bit more it's a bit more um, multi-dimensional and more nuanced than, let's say, the, the 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 traditional view of Irishness, maybe from 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 from, from the US or, or outside of Ireland. Um, like it, it, what's what's that like? I mean, is, do, do, is, is there a meaning? Do you see a meaningful engagement with the language that's kind of part of all that?
1: Absolutely, I see the community growing before my eyes. I've started working with a couple of people one to one just before the pandemic they would have been coming to my classes and then they continued with that but they do Irish with me one-to-one once a week and after a year one of them went to the Gwaeltacht and she's more fluent than a lot of Irish people I know Mm -hmm. and for me what was so nice with her was that she's dyslexic was told she'd never learn a language when she was in school um but she just persevered and she was furloughed during the pandemic. She was working in theatre, so she had the extra time to spend on it. Um, and other students have seen that have just really kind of thrown themselves into it and put on TGK every day or a podcast or whatever. It shows that you don't... You, you know, it's in an ideal world, you'll be able to go to the up to immerse yourself in it. But if you can't do that, you can still get to fluency by going to these events and watching and listening um, to the language. Another person I met at um, the NECAP concert, I've known a while now, um, she teaches Irish up in Albany, um, Shorsheen. So she's been learning for 20 years and now she's working as a translator. Which is fascinating. She's doing a master's online with Minute, so there's a lot to be said. I think since the pandemic and even before that, with these online courses, that you'll see Americans taking college courses in Ireland. F- you know, to to they've already learned their Irish now. They want to keep passing on. There's uh, non profits like Daltynaguala, um, that was started um a long while ago. I can't, I don't know exactly, but at least thirty or four years ago by an mm-hmm. Irish woman called Mm -hmm. Ethel, Um, and it's where Irish is taught, the whole premise is that it's on a voluntary basis. They'll have weekends throughout the year, Um, Irish language immersion weekends with a lot of people, you know, over 100 sometimes, I think, and it'll be all ages. So there's definitely a lot to be said about that. A few of Americans who were coming to Ireland when I did my master's, there was two in my class with fluent Irish doing monstrous new world so yeah and and that those numbers are growing like i did the um diploma in anaguel get the 24 the 2 years ago um and there was four Americans in my class mm-hmm. so i i think there's there's really you're going to see more and more um people abroad learning irish and becoming fluent in it and i think at home it's probably already happened with ukrainians and other um, immigrants that are starting to engage with the language.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think you're absolutely onto something there. I mean, I've done a few online courses, a lot of online courses, but, but 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 over the last couple of years since the pandemic in particular, I remember just there was one in particular I'm doing with quail and I couldn't get over the, there was like Californians all over the U.S., um there's one chap who was in 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 Switzerland. There was there was there you know there was another guy in Norway. You know there was it was it was it was, it was, it was and and their the standard of their Irish was like it blew me out of the water anyway. You know it was it was it was extraordinary.
1: It, yeah, people find it intimidating. I've had people come to hmm. my intermediate classes that did Irish in school, and they last three weeks, and they're like, I can't do this because the Americans know so much more grammar than me, or whatever. And I try to encourage them. And, you know, it only happens now and again where they'll just get too scared. But most of the time they're fine then. But it's funny how when an American is starting with a clean slate, they'll progress so much quicker because how I approach teaching language as opposed to how it was taught to me when I was in school, like we'll go through the gender of nouns and all of that so that as they progress, it'll make more sense rather than throwing that in when they're 17. And saying all of a sudden, okay, we have a fair inch genug and a inch genug.
0: I mean, like, sorry, this has come up so many times, right? And it's, it's now an official hobby horse of mine. But like, <laughs> I got all the way through the secondary school, primary secondary school system. And I actually then did a professional qualification in which you had to pass an Irish exam to get into it. And, you know, 20 years later, when I went back to learn the language as, 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 a, as, a, as a 40-year-old, I learned for the first time that we had feminine and masculine nouns in Irish what I mean it's
1: because of how it's taught you know like yeah. I went to Wealth when I was 14 and it was a course specifically for people who went to Irish schools and so by the end of that I was very good at it and then of course I forgot it by the time I was 17 again even though I knew how to use Linduk, I couldn't explain to you why something was masculine or feminine but yeah once you have those tools though it becomes so much easier like I remember mm-hmm. when I was working at Rosetta Stone um Several years ago, I had someone from Ireland ask me why it's on TOOL. And when I told him, he was like, oh, that's simple. I wish I'd known that before Mm, now. mm, mm, mm. (laughs) So it's interesting. Like, even then, I was teaching, um, we're talking about, you know, Irish abroad. I was teaching Irish to someone in Peru. And I don't think they had any connection to Ireland that I'm aware of. I think they were just a linguist, you know. So Mm. that was really nice. And they had
0: such lovely Irish Yeah, you know, I think there's a huge thing to be said for for teaching Irish people, Irish. you know, on the basis that we don't know any of it to begin with, because Mm -hmm. I think there's so many assumptions taken. And as you go through the system, then it's kind of there's this there's this ongoing kind of progression. Well, you've had exposure to, you know, five, 10, you know, 12 years of it at this stage. Now, you must know all you have kind of you've got to have soaked it all up somehow. But of course, you don't soak it up. Unless somebody actually sits down and explains, this is how this actually works. Do you know how this, what this is? Uh,
1: Exactly. And there's not enough time. Like I'm teaching the Ortesh syllabus at the moment to um, a diplomat's um, family. And I feel under so much pressure to get through all this stuff, which kills me because I'm used to having, you know, more time and freedom to really get into having fun and focusing on speaking it. And I can see how that's just not there. Mm. Um in the syllabus. And it's it's a pity because I know there's been changes made, and I can see that, you know, there's definitely some positives, but we're still not at the point where we're having, you know, 10 minutes of class or 20 minutes where it's just speaking in Irish and encouraging the teenagers to use what they've learned. And mm. I, I wonder when that'll happen
0: because we were talking about it for so long now. Mm. Mm. Oh, and but even if you look at it, I mean, like if you know, I mean, like I think, about if you've, I don't know how many Irish classes you know you have in a in a secondary school here in in, in a week, I don't know. Do you do? I think three? it's five minimum. Five, okay. Yeah. And but then the, there's thirty kids in a class. It's a it's a, it's, a, it's what is what is a class? How is it? Forty five minutes or something? Yeah. Or I mean,
1: thirty is a lot.
0: You know, and I mm. mean, how many minutes of Irish is, is each kid going to actually get to speak? You know, um, per class per week. I mean, it's, it's, I, 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 so that's why I think this whole, we've been taught it for 14 years, God almighty, we should be, we should be fluent is ridiculous because, you know, the amount of actual time we've spent over that period of 14 years is, is, is pretty minuscule. I, I think if, 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 if we got down granular and added it all up, so I think we should give ourselves a break in relation to it, but I am really interested in how the, People who have haven't had the have been contaminated by the Irish education system are 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 coming to the language and and, and what their experiences of learning it now.
1: I, I think Americans just take it more seriously. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: think because mm-hmm. this country is so focused on testing from a young age, mm-hmm. you know, you talk to parents of three and four year olds and they're already focused on college. Mm -hmm. that's it's very different here Mm -hmm. so i think they come with that attitude then that they have to be good at it and they do wonder well why am i doing this class again and i'm like okay this is how we wouldn't think of that in ireland as being a failure doing a class again we think it's normal Mm -hmm. um as an adult so it's a different approach for sure but they definitely take it a lot more seriously
0: Mm -hmm. Tell me, Quivijan, just as we, um, uh, to progress on that, what is, because I want to just touch for a moment, and uh, just in relation to your sense of, and I want to move now towards maybe just talk about the future of the language and how you see that from where, 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 where you're sitting now, but in that of, I would like just to, have you any thoughts on, because one of the conversations that comes up here again and again is this whole question of the crisis in the Guilt in relation to the language, and I mean, and, and, and I know that there's a huge international dimension. There's some extraordinarily positive things around that that I'd love to get into, because I really want to focus on the positive aspects of it. But what do you, what's your sense of that in terms of the Gweldt and the importance of the Gweldt to, to the language? And to you, let's say, who's an Irish speaker in New York, how, do, do you feel a connection there? Or do you, is that something that concerns you?
1: I am concerned, very concerned, um, but I see it's the same mistake we made over 100 years ago, and it's our approach and the government's approach to the revitalization of the language and the growth, more importantly, because it has been revitalised. Now it's about growth and maintenance, and it's injecting money into the Gweldhugd. So I can see it being done, but then I'm also reading in, um, like, tourist and stuff. I read an article yesterday about... um someone in her 20s having returned from Australia wanting to buy a house and wealth with and trying to get a group of like many people together to to kind of change things. And like, you know, if someone that comes back with savings and has a decent amount can't get uh place to live that's affordable she, she's in living in a,
0: in a van outside her parents mm-hmm. home i mean yeah. she can't have a shower you know? right i mean because that, that article just really really i mean i was just uh, you just you, at times you despair i think i, mean, I suppose right. the, the, the inspiring thing about the article is that there here's here's this woman who's 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 put it out there and said hey guys Let's get in contact and let's put together um let's 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 get a movement going so I think that that was the inspirational piece of that article I felt here.
1: yeah it it was inspiring um and then the other side of it is you know I had someone who's not Irish a friend send me a piece by CNN encouraging people to move to the iron islands and you'll get a stipend but the thing about that is um you know it'll be given a grant to renovate a house, but you have to have. Irish citizenship, they're not going to give you that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that the downfall not is you'd need to have that already. Um, so those initiatives are great, but there needs to be more of that.
0: Um, and and I guess just to put it in context of people who are listening, and I, we will get links to these in the show notes, but the, the article from Choice Study is 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 Ask But the, the 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 thing about that that girl who moved to New Zealand, she was a physiotherapist, she came back, um, had been in New Zealand, Australia, moved back to Koshvarga, I think, in 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 in, in the Connemara And um, but I mean, apart from just, you know, not being able to get insurance on the van and stuff like that, she um, she has saved money, as you say, but she came back and I mean, I, the ability to get a mortgage um, as a single person, the deposit that you have to have, the the multiple of incomes that you can actually then borrow to be able to buy a house and then the prices and then the ability to get planning permission. I mean, the structural issues that are there for young people in general in Ireland, it's a huge issue. But it, I think it just it just it quadruples down then when we get into the Gwail
1: Yeah, Absolutely. And there are things that worry me myself if I ever wanted to move yeah. home, yeah. you know, and also just I hate to say it because I can see how many people at home are interested in language. But I do find here there's more respect in terms of, you know, what your rate is um, for teaching the language and that. Mm. That if there's just I can see how friends at home are given grinds and that rate hasn't changed since I was 18, which is a long, oh. long time ago. Mm. So, you know, it's it's interesting Mm. um but i it's lovely to see i work with so many adults that take time out of their day they're come from so many different backgrounds some of them are like ceos some are retired some are 20 25 whatever like they budget to be able to work with someone like me once a week and get to the point where they can go to the growth and come back then and have even more irish with me, so I don't know—is it an economic thing too? I mean, things are really hard at home. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, but but if you don't mind, if if you if you're comfortable diving into that, I would really because that is something that I would really be interested to explore in the context of that 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 conversation or that 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 article we just mentioned uh, about this, the, the, let's say the economic sustainability of somebody to you know have their particular. Qualification and come and 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 she wanted to actually be a physiotherapist in the Guell, dealing with people in her native language, in, in providing them with their 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 treatment, um, and so that's about economic opportunity and the ability to pursue your economic opportunity in your native place, shall we say, is mm-hmm. one issue. But let's talk then about opportunity to actually, let's say, you're there now teaching the language, you're teaching the language in in New York, and then there's so there's varying different people, you know, and 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 um ways in which people are willing to consume that and 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 pay for that how do you see that i mean in terms of is there an opportunity for let's say teaching the language as a for, for you as a, as a as a career let's say that you could say that's what you're going to you know, it's 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 going to sustain you. It, it, what does that look like? Is that getting a full time position in a in an education institution, or are do you mean other...
1: in Ireland or in America?
0: Well, let's t- either of them. I mean, what do you what do you have a sense of? of I mean, are, do you see an opportunity here at home to do that, or versus absolutely? What... Yeah,
1: I think there's so many people interested in learning at home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I've I work uh, remotely for Cunegulla and that, and I can see it um so yeah i think the opportunity there but it's just like you said the whole thing about you know the getting planning permission or getting a mortgage or whatever that's where the obstacles lie mm. i mean mm. i have wait lists here for the last two years to work with me on a one-to-one basis there's just so many people that want to learn so like you know i already make a living th- mm. with irish and a good one so you know, I think there's a, there's a lot to be said. Um, like I work with technology companies too. Um, it's not just teaching, you know, where I'll be coaching people on how to speak the language, um, and stuff like that for different projects. Or I remember a while back I was doing a voiceover for, um, a project and another one was doing the recorded message for a company bilingually. So, um, it's, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities there. I was working, um, as an interpreter in a court case the other day, because here you are legally allowed, they're obliged to give you an interpreter in your native language. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting, there's there's a lot of opportunities and it's not just about teaching the language.
0: Mm-hmm. And how about then, in terms of looking at that with you, would you be coming back to one? Do, do you, and obviously that whole, those whole questions around um, housing and cost of living and reestablishment and you know, and I, I, it's impossible to not kind of to ignore those, of course. But let's just say leaving those to decide for, for a minute. Do, would you see a future for yours in, in terms of it, is, it, is it would you see your future in, 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 the U, in the U.S. and New York or would you see your, in, 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 coming back here?
1: It's hard to say because it really just depends on the opportunity. I'm lucky yeah. now that I go home quite often, mm-hmm. you know, and I work remotely a lot of the time. So I'm very privileged to be able to do that. Um, I would like to move home at some time, I think, but that could change. I mean, I'm really half of my life here too, so it's mm-hmm. hard to say. Mm-hmm. But I know that if I was to move home, I would still want to work with Americans and other people living abroad, learning Irish, because mm. um, it's just so lovely.
0: Mm. Well, that is so interesting. That is such a, a great um, 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 take on it. Um, and so then, so, so we've, just as like we come towards the end of the conversation, then let's because I think that's a perfect kind of inflection point there to talk about your sense, because you your listening to you, your focus is outward in terms of the language, and, and I mean that in the most positive way in terms of projecting the language out there and, and connecting it with, with with an international audience. What's your sense of the future of the language? Then, what's your? I mean, how, how do you feel about it? I mean, are you are you are you optimistic, positive, negative, you know, what's, very your, what's, your, what's, your, what's your take
1: optimistic. on it? I'm very optimistic and I think it's, you know, as the academics will say, Dr. John Walsh and that, that it's, it's in the, it lies with the new speakers or what we call new kind, and So those who are returning to the language once their kids are of school going age and they want to have some Irish to help them with their homework or that, or like people living abroad that are engaging with the language and I think like I said again it's to do with technology I think a lot of young people that are on TikTok promoting the language have helped immensely to and Duolingo and all of these kind of things and TG Kaior player and that so I'm not worried at all I think it's just going to keep growing from strength to strength I do hope that the government will pay attention to the Gwal talk more and how to encourage people to come back and to settle there and to give them the resources they need, but I'm not worried about it. Um, dying in an urban setting for sure outside of the mm, mm. Well, that is
0: that is that is a, an inspirational message, uh, uh, from the point of view the, the newer, the, the newer kind Tory because I suppose that gives us all an opportunity <laughs> to be part of that. Because sometimes I think you're gonna get oh, look, if you didn't win the kind of you know, linguistic lottery of being a native speaker, then, you know, sorry, buddy, you don't you don't get to kind of, you don't get to own the Irish language. But I mean, if if, um, if, if the new kind of are, are the future, I think that gives us hope for us all.
1: Absolutely. They are without a doubt. Um, and I'm grateful to them for that because I see it when I'm teaching people at home, Irish, they don't seem to have as much of the baggage anymore. They're just excited to be there and ready to get stuck in and to have an opportunity to speak with other people. Um, that are in the same boat as themselves. And a lot of the time you'll have English people in the class or whatever, which is even better. Mm-hmm. Um, lovely to see that.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 And so finally, Kira, um, as we come to the end of the conversation, I, I'd like to ask you a question that I ask all of our guests and, and that I'd, I, I, I'd love your take on it. It's, it's really just to understand what, because what, I mean, you, you're somebody now who's, you've, you've come up from, you know, primary school, and um, from, from, from well post, for, for pre-primary um, in terms of your family background, uh, all the way up, continue the, the, the language was, was something that was was, was, was was centrally important to you and then you continue that in, in, in your third application now obviously into your career. But what is it that motivates you in relation to the Irish language? What is it that drives you and has, has done you to, to do that and, and what is your Irish language? why why, why do you do what you do?
1: What motivates me is, in my job anyway, is seeing someone connect with their heritage and their culture and see a different side to it and tell me then that they feel more of a connection Um, and see them flourish. It's just so nice and rewarding to see them comfortably have a conversation in Irish in a setting outside of the classroom or to come back from their second or third time in Ireland to tell me, this time I went to the museum and I understood the Irish bits written down. That is just, it's amazing to hear um, and to see their confidence grow. For me on a personal level, it's just, I don't really think about it, it's just who I am. That's it, Irish is a part of me. And like I said to you at the beginning, this, it's a lot easier for me to express myself as Gaelga than it is in English. And I think a lot of people can identify with that. And so my students will say that too, which is interesting. Although they're American, they just feel this deeper connection to the language. And it's richer, and there's just so many more words there, adjectives that we can use that we don't have in English. Um, It's just how I was raised, you know? Like, I found out recently that um, I'm related to Sean McGillernaw, who used to go around collecting bailages, and he was known as um, a judge um, in Galway. So I guess, yeah, it's that. And, you know, being told that my, um, my dad's aunt living in new york would always call home once a week to talk to my grandmother in irish and things like that so there was always this connection with keeping it going and dad w- wanting to ensure that his kids could speak irish
0: well that is um that is an extraordinary um uh, story uh and, and and an extraordinary motivation and the fact that i think that that that, that well the, the richness and the, the 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 severus that that, that 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 drives you to to engage with the language but, but but more particularly I think the fact that um what inspires you to see that others being able to then participate and use the language actively that that, that, that is extraordinary and particularly a, a whole new um world of, of, of Irish language speakers and learners uh, that you're engaged with there um, across the US and internationally outside of there
1: no, yeah, I it, think it's changing. We can see it already on TG Carr how there's different nationalities, ethnicities, and ages engaging with it. And I think that's going to continue to change, and it's going to be so diverse.
0: Mm. Yes, I think uh, the, the, the 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 diversity of it is something that is because I think we 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 think of Irish as a, a, you know at least one. It, it can sometimes be particularly from people who are not uh, actively engaged with the language can see it as insular and. You know, um, and and it, it, this is the big complaint that's made of the language often dead language. You know, it's 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 historical. It deals with kind of agriculture and fishing and doesn't have any kind of relevance for the modern world. Um, but that's just that's just so it's um, um, it's 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 it, 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 it's a completely vibrant, growing, and expanding language from your perspective.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It really is like. Even a few weeks ago, I was working with um, an Irish actress based in New York, and she needed my help prepping for an audition through Irish for a film. Mm -hmm. And when I read the script, I was blown away by it. So there's definitely something there. There's going to be a reading of Brendan Behan's play, The Hostage, Os on Gael that I'm involved um, with um, on November 30th with the Irish rep. Again, we're expecting a big um, audience for that. So... It's just interesting to see it so alive in this city, when you hear the negativity at home sometimes about it. But again, you see it prospering at home. So I just think, I don't know. We have to just accept that it's not going anywhere.
0: Well, I think that's the absolute perfect note uh, on on which to to end. Aquiva akara mila mahagut eh, Buenos an, an scale tulin agus pleasure than me. Thanks for listening. asave I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would really appreciate your feedback and would be eternally grateful if you would follow, rate, and review the show. Please also be sure to sign up at thelanguagequestion.com forward slash resources to get your free valuable learning resources and to stay up to date with upcoming episodes, guests, and to receive exclusive content. Slán